I'm Kyle Mylan, and after 20 years in manufacturing, nobody knows more than me about industrial marketing and technical sales. So starting off with the initial list and the people that you're talking to, because you can't really prevent things from happening if you're talking to the wrong people. So looking at your sales pipeline, how are you building your list? If you're an existing salesperson at a company and you've been there for a while, or if you're a new guy or girl, the, the lowest hanging fruit is going to be existing customers, previous clients, or previous opportunities. So starting off with going through that list to try and find out who's got some opportunities for you to quote on, who's got some new projects that you can look into and start circling back with them to freshen up that relationship. If you're new with the company, it's a perfect opportunity for you because you can throw that old sales guy or girl underneath the bus and be like, you know, they weren't doing so great. They're not here anymore. I'm here. Wanted to follow up, see if that project's still alive, see if you guys have anything new. It's going to be a fresh face so you can start that relationship over again and get them excited about your business. So that's going to be the lowest hanging fruit. Now, when it comes to building out a new list, if there isn't already a plethora of information from the previous salesperson or you guys don't do have market research lists or email marketing lists that's, the lists that have been built, the best way to start with that that we've seen is going to be Zoom Info. Now, Zoom Info is a, a data resource. Some people use data.com through Salesforce if you have that as your CRM. The issue with data.com is the, the information is somewhat outdated. It's a little bit janky, and you really want to try and focus on the highest quality data. Zoom Info is what, something that I've used in the past, something that I've recommended clients to use. It's got a high it's got a high rate of quality. You can do custom searches. You can export it. You can just do copy and pasting. So that's the best thing to do from, an, from a list building standpoint and getting contact information. It is expensive. You're going to be looking at probably about 5K starting point, but you do get access to their database and you get to export contacts. All right, so before you can get into the different categories, you need to have some sort of CRM system. doesn't matter if it's Zoho or Salesforce or Infusionsoft or SharpSpring, whatever it is, you need to have some sort of organization because there is no way possible that you're going to remember to follow up with all these different people that you're working through if you're just doing it on post-it notes, notebooks, spreadsheets, anything like that. There has to be some sort of system in place at least to organize things so you can visually see people moving through the different stages of your pipeline. And to the fullest extent, if possible, setting up some sort of automation that once they get to the later stages in it and you need to follow up with them or you need to do some nurturing campaigns or they say not right now, you can put them into automation to just let, allow the automation to touch base with them and follow them up. Most of the time, the, the issue that salespeople have is just keeping all their data together. And when you've got all these opportunities, keeping them straight and remembering to follow up with people, that is how you're going to lose deals if you don't have a system in place where you're fully organized. So getting a CRM system, even if it's something very basic, try and avoid spreadsheets and things like that. Put something in place. If your company has something in place and, and they're not using it, or if they are using it, you know, you kind of got to take it case by case, figure it out, do it on your own if you have to. But having organization is going to be paramount to keep make sure that all this stuff moves smoothly through the process. So that's how you can build your lists out. The, the important part of that is making sure that the quality of those lists is good, because there's no point in going down the path with prospecting and talking to people and following up with them if you're basically dealing with bad data. So once your list is built and you start going you start pitching to them, then you can get into the qualification phase, which is really, really next. So in pipeline management and in prospecting and sales management, 
the way that a lot of companies break it down is into individual categories or stages. The way that, that I've broken it down in the past, the way that we break it down internally, and when our clients come to us, we recommend that they do it, is the first step is a lead. So some people say, hey, I've got a hot lead. You know, I'm going after this person. To us and to me, a lead is just a name of a person at a company. That's it. It does not mean that they are qualified. It doesn't mean that they want to do business with you. It's not some hit on the website that comes in that is not necessarily a qualified lead. So a lead is just somebody that's not qualified, name of a person at a company. When you're building out your list and you start to identify people that probably have a high likelihood of potentially being a customer based on your qualification standards, you can tag them all as leads because everybody's essentially a lead until you qualify them. That goes into the next step. So for us, going from a lead, the next step is a prospect. A prospect is essentially somebody that's qualified. So before they can be titled as a prospect and move into that sales stage, then they need to be qualified through a conversation with a physical person. It's not something that you can just automate where they fill out a form and you're like, yep, that person's qualified, they're now a prospect, or hey, they said that they wanna do all this stuff with you, they already do all this stuff with somebody, one of your competitors, that's still not a prospect because you need to qualify them under your own standards. So the second stage is gonna be a prospect and going through the qualification process, you need to find out first and foremost, can they afford whatever it is that you're selling? Because if they can't, then there is no point of moving forward with the next stage past that in the sales pipeline. You have to ask the specific questions. You need to ask questions about what are they currently doing? How is it working out? What are their pain points? Get them to talk more about themselves than you just pitching your services to them because you need to fully understand what it is that they need from you and what type of expectations they're going to have. And in order for you to do that, you have to have lists built out and you can write the list down of your standard five questions or if you already know them, memorized because you've been doing this for a while, then that's great. It'll sound more fluid, but you have to have core group of questions to ask them to get them into that qualification phase. Sometimes it may take two phone calls to qualify. Uh, for us, we try and qualify in one phone call, and for our clients, we try and get them to qualify within two. So going through that qualification phase is extremely important because you're not going to be wasting your efforts. Going back to the original point about follow-up and people ghosting, a lot of times the reason why people ghost is because they weren't really a serious buyer at the, at the end of the day anyways, or they weren't a fit for what it is that you do, whether you were too expensive, you weren't you weren't a good location geographically, they were thinking about using your services, they've never used it before. Regardless of whatever it is, going through that qualification process and for your own company and making sure that they are a good fit will prevent you from following up with people that you're not ever gonna sell in the in at the end of the day anyway. So it won't even matter if they ghost, they won't even get to that phase. They're not gonna waste your time going into from a lead to a prospect and then into a proposal phase and then from proposal moving on. Don't waste your time with that. Qualify them and spend time at that stage and really make sure that they are a good fit for you. Third stage of your sales process is gonna be the proposal. You've already qualified this prospect. First they were lead, now they're qualified, you're gonna do a proposal for them. Once you get them into that proposal phase, getting that done as quickly as possible and getting that back over to them, making sure that the content is good, that you're touching on all the points that they wanted, if they sent you an RFQ, if they sent you an RFP, and they had specific questions or specific things that they wanted answered, including them th that into the proposal is gonna make it appear that you paid attention to what they were looking for and it's gonna show the process that you walked through. Now for a lot of the B2B guys, you guys may have specific systems and things that you use internally for your proposals. If you're still using Word documents, spreadsheets, things like that, creating a PDF, 
the fastest way for you to get proposals done in 2018, 2019, and the system that we use internally is Proposify. Now, Proposify is a cloud-based system. We're not an affiliate. We don't get any money for saying that. We're not promoting it from that standpoint, but it is the best system to use right now for us because you can create templates and have all your content library together. It's very quick to put a proposal together initially as a boilerplate and then customize it from there. It looks nice and clean. That's gonna typically be the holdup. A lot of times people are having issues getting the proposal done because they're waiting on pieces of information. Even if you duplicate an old proposal, you're going and just changing it for that specific customer, that process can get drawn out. If that customer asks for a proposal and you drag that process out into weeks, you're gonna lose their interest. You're gonna lose the necessity that they have to use your service or the or you know the speed that they're looking to move at. The faster you can get it through is gonna be the higher likelihood that you can keep that momentum going and get them as a client. All right, you send them the proposal, now you go into the, the final phase of it, which, which is what we call closing. At this point, they've been qualified, you sent them pricing, now you have to close them. Give it a little bit of time before you do your initial follow-up, but asking them questions of, when do you expect to have an internal meeting? When are you guys looking to have, make a decision on this? Those questions should all have already been asked so that way you can understand the timeline. If you send somebody a proposal, two days later you follow up and say, wanted to see if you guys chose us, that's gonna be a bad move. You need to give it a little bit of time and ask them ahead of time what their process is gonna be so you can then follow up accordingly. If they're going out to multiple companies, you want to be consistent, but you do not wanna become an annoyance. So planning out how you're gonna follow up with the closing phase to try and get them the business is gonna be important to make sure that you don't just either get lost because other people are doing things better, your competition, or you're gonna become annoying because you're just the pesty sales guy that's looking to close a deal. In the closing phase, there's only a couple different paths that they can move from here. Typically, it's gonna be won or lost. Either you got them as a customer or you didn't. The way that we do it and the way that we teach our clients to do it is gonna be they're gonna go into potentially two other categories from there. They can either go into a nurture category, which means they say, we like the proposal, we like what you guys sent us, but right now it's not the right times. Things have changed internally. There's been budget constraints. This project's been put on hold. Whatever the reason is, they're gonna go into a nurture campaign. The nurture campaign is strictly to just follow up with them. If you have a CRM system, you've got things built out, you can allow the automation to follow up. You can create tasks and reminders down the road in the future, six weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks to follow up, just to say, touching base to see how things are going, wanted to see where you guys are at the project. Sometimes they may say, follow up with me in three months, it ends up being two years. We just had a potential customer last week that we've been trying to close them for a year and a half, and it's just been a constant, that project's on hold, and now it's back, and then now it's on hold, and we've continued to push through it for the past year and a half. They continue to get that follow-up. That's why we were potentially chosen and looked at continuously for this, because we're, we're not just saying, oh, they don't have, they're not gonna pick us, Let's just forget about it. Throw them in some automation, throw them on a list, and just continue to follow up because those are the guys that are in the companies that are going to get the business from them. Now, the ghosting aspect is the other kind of subcategory of closing in, in the closing phase. Ghosting is where they're just not responding to you at all. So if you get, a lot of times salespeople get that a lot to where you sent them emails, you've, you've given them phone calls, and you've left voicemails, and they're just not responding. 
if somebody's in the ghosting phase and you have if you have a lot of people in the ghosting phase then you are not doing a good enough job in the in the second step of prospecting and qualification that means that you're sending out proposals to people that they maybe thought that they have a need or they're not the decision maker and maybe they're you know going through the process with you and they're just wasting your time or they weren't really serious about you guys in the beginning they were just getting another quote from somebody else because they had their company for whatever it is that they're doing they had their company of choice they just needed other people to make sure that they were getting a fair price on that so if you got a lot of people in ghosting go back to prospecting aspect in the prospecting phase and make sure that you're qualifying people higher if you still have people in the ghosting phase you know a small percentage of them that's going to happen people get busy and you have to understand that that their life doesn't revolve around the job they're not always going to be there to respond they people do travel people do get sick people aren't in the office every day so being patient but persistent is what's going to make you win there to try and get them from the ghosting phase back into the closing phase but it's essentially a subset with closing at the top and then down below nurture nurture and ghosting are going to be the subcategories and then one and loss is essentially the outcome of it now when you're trying to follow up with these people after you've you're in the closing phase the top two things that people would do is email and phone call the laziest thing that people do is just send emails in sales meeting i've meetings i've heard so many times i sent them an email and i'm waiting for them to respond if you are waiting for them to respond and you've got a long list of people you're waiting for you're not taking enough action from a follow up standpoint so if you send them an email what else can you do you can you can shoot them a phone call and leave them a message most of the time people aren't going to pick up the phone when you when you call them because most of the time people are busy and they want to respond on their own time so email phone call you have to get creative with this do a personal visit do a cold visit shoot them an email and say hey i'm going to be in the area or hey i'm i'm going to be traveling by you i just want to pop in you can give them the heads up don't put a necessarily a date to it because they may say oh i'm not going to be around that day just because they don't want the confrontation just stop in there at any point in time and try and do a personal visit if that doesn't work hit them up on social if you're not already connected with them on linkedin which hopefully you are from all the videos that we produce talking about how linkedin is the best prospecting tool for you you're already connected with them send them a message on linkedin do a post and tag them in it to get their attention maybe they're not on linkedin enough and that's not going to work maybe you need to send them a piece of direct mail throw a note a personalized note and your business card in an envelope and mail it to them you have to look at the different aspects of communication that people have to figure out how can you get their attention back now hopefully these tips will help you with that but even if it's something different than these four five six things that i've mentioned just the mindset of not just focusing on email and phone call and getting somewhat creative about the follow up process and then don't give up the biggest hurdle that sales people will have is giving up there's stats out there saying 76% of sales people give up after the second follow up and most deals are closed within 8 to 10 touches with a potential customer. You cannot just try twice and say, "You know what? I don't know. They 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 obviously don't want to do business with us because they're not responding and just throw your arms up like that. You have to be persistent and consistent until they tell you that you that they don't want to do business with you for whatever reason. Sending them an email or a phone call or something like that that says, "Hey, I'm I'm following up because I'm working through my sales pipeline." and I want to know if I should just mark you guys off as as you know a loss here. Once you start doing that, people will respond and say, "Oh no, no, don't 
Don't mark it off as a loss. Like we're still working through it. Sorry, I've been busy. And they'll start to explain things to it, to you. Or they'll respond back and say, yes, we chose somebody else. Thanks. Now, if they do that, ask them, what is it that you could have done differently? Or what is it that that other company or service offered that you didn't have? Because you're trying to better your own business. When we lose opportunities with people that even if we think that we're right there, we take it on the chin and we ask them, how can we better ourselves in the future? Give me two things that we could have done differently. Sometimes they'll come back with something, some creative feedback and some constructive criticism. Other times they'll say, you know what? It just came down to price or just came down to distance or just came down to whatever, but you need to get some feedback so that way you can understand what should you change in the future to make it a higher likelihood of you closing that deal. From a follow-up standpoint, never give up on that. Keep working them, even if it's years down the road, putting them in some sort of automation to keep touching them is gonna be much easier than you looking at your contact list or a spreadsheet saying, oh, I need to touch this guy. Well, that's it for this episode. If you got value out of it, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with one person you know. And if you can, leave me a review because it really helps me out. If you want to check out my other content, go over to YouTube. I've got a channel over there as well as find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook under my name, Kyle Mylan. I will see you on the next one.